right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to season two of Elemental Collision. Today, I'm joined by a wonderful gentleman named Ben Lindsay, who is of Stand. Yep, Ben. And I had the pleasure of meeting Ben last year in Belfast as part of the Ignite Accelerator, um, run by a great set of folks, Chris McClellan, Ian Brown, and company up there. And it's a wonderful opportunity to circle back around and again, have some conversations with amazing people that I've had the opportunity of intersecting with over the course of basically the year that was COVID. <laughs> so <laughs> in the grand scheme of things, Ben, it's nice to have you here. And uh, we're going nice to talk about some stuff. And there's a lot of stuff that we can talk about. So let's begin with, give us a little bit about you. What, who yeah. are you and what do you do on this planet? So um, at the minute I'm in limbo, shall we say. Uh, <laughs> what I did do for the last uh, year and a half probably was, yeah, I was, I was involved in a startup called Stand. I was one of the co-founders. Me and the, a girl that I went to university with started Stand. Um, and yeah, but what Stand was basically was... Um, we were making safety jewelry. So we had like a necklace pendant looked like a normal piece of jewelry, but if you found yourself in an uncomfortable situation, press a button and it would send a message and share your location with the group of preset contacts. And it was really about um, trying to alleviate some of that overhanging fear that a lot of women in particular feel uh, when they travel alone or when they're alone in general, um, because of what we're fed through like the media or parents, school, uh, from, from all the stuff that, terrible stuff that happens in the world um, and we were trying to lift some of that off to give people a bit more confidence to go and do the things that they wanted to do and live the lives that they wanted to do without having that restrict them so yeah uh, it, it, it was a really nice year and a half unfortunately it's, it's it's come to an end now probably about two months ago now a month and a half ago um for very good reasons but uh yeah it, it was an interesting journey um you know um, and we learned a, a hell of a lot especially through um the six months that we were on the ignite program like it's just uh the roller coaster of things that happened is even through covid and everything it's funny funny you mentioned us meeting back like we we, we literally met must have been like two weeks before everything went into complete lockdown yeah. uh, on that mentor day uh maybe, must have been a little bit before that too. maybe it was a month because i remember there was someone there who wasn't shaking hands with anybody um <laughs> he was doing elbow touches <laughs> at the time i was like Oh, this is so strange. And then that's like a normal part of life. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's so I weird. I don't know if I can ever get used to that though. The elbow touch. No, thing. definitely it's, not. Yeah. I still just want to shake someone's hand, you know? <laughs> it's weird. But yeah, when we ended up finding out, whenever we went into lockdown with Stan, we, we were kind of like, we, we, were, we were building out some um, IoT tech. Uh, and, and we were probably doing the wrong thing at the time, uh, looking back on it. Uh, we were trying to build like a... a overcomplicated proof of concept uh but lockdown was kind of a good kick in the arse for us to be honest it was like uh um you know okay we've got like four months left of cash or whatever it is we need to like we need to launch something and we're not going to be able to do what we want to do with covid and the restrictions of testing and stuff like that so it was kind of like right okay what's like the simplest thing we can do um and we ended up contacting a company that makes some smart bluetooth buttons mm -hmm. got some of their things um designed like jewelry around it, um, made an agreement with them to sell under our own brand and stuff like that and use their software as well, which was like a, a really big uh, boost as well. So we had like PCBs and we had software up and running. All we had to do was essentially make a hardware casing. Mm -hmm. We did that in about six or eight weeks wow. uh, and started doing pre-orders. Um, and what we really found from the pre-orders was um, there were two like really super distinct groups of people buying. For one, we, we spent a lot of money on 
paid advertising and didn't get a lot back, <laughs> which is never a good thing. Um, but it, it was it was an interesting test and it proved a lot to us. But and the the really interesting thing for me was that before we'd done any like exchange of like money, uh, we had a very mixed bag of people that were interested in this thing. Um, but as soon as we started charging the two groups of people that were buying were like super, like super defined. It was freaky. And uh, to be honest, uh, they were either like young women who have like severe anxiety disorders to the point where they have like dissociative episodes and like mm-hmm. just freeze up and go into a state of paralysis, wake, walking paralysis or walking paralysis um, or people that have epilepsy or who experience seizures, mm-hmm. um, which is really interesting because we, we hadn't even tried to target people with epilepsy or people who, who take seizures, you know, um and one of the parts of why we stopped stand was the fact that those two markets have like a really painful need and it's it's, it's quite interesting but they're really really small markets um to, to try and hit with something at the scale that we were trying to hit it with and then as well as that at the same time um so throughout this last year and a half whenever whenever we started stand me and my co-founder emma were working full-time on it uh, and then because of like money restrictions and being very broke uh, we could only fund one of us staying on full-time so I was on full-time and Emma uh, took a, a graduate job as as an engineer a gas engineer um, and she was doing like evenings and weekends with me and it was tough going like um, for the year and a half it was in it and um, the last couple of months I sort of got the feeling that you know okay maybe she wasn't as pushed on board and stuff like that and all the rest um, and uh, I just had a a conversation with her I brought it up and she was just kind of like yeah I don't know if this this life is for me this whole yeah. startup thing it's it's really really mentally difficult never mind the the work and hours and all the rest the like lack of direction and never knowing what to do is like a big mental tool and it is it is sure. uh, I, I love it like I, I don't think I could do anything else now I've been completely spoiled but uh, <laughs> um, it, it, it's tough like it definitely isn't for everybody it's definitely not the glamorous you know, thing that it's painted out to be. So uh, Emma decided to take a step back from Stan and she didn't want to do it anymore. Uh, and then for, for like a month or so, I kind of explored a couple of different things. I thought the the seizure thing, the epilepsy thing was very interesting. Looked a bit into it, but there's a, a whole lot of big barriers around, um, you know, medical cert and stuff like that and getting sure. something approved and, and what you can and can't say about what your device does and stuff like that. And then as well as that, like hardware's, tough like it's super slow super super slow and you need like a huge amount of capital behind you to do anything in hardware Uh, and like being frank the the investment ecosystem in northern ireland isn't really capable back in a hardware business it it hasn't not to my knowledge anyway hasn't done very successfully other than probably chris from um from ignite who who, uh, uh, got back pretty well but he actually had to go to america for that so you know it is what it is (laughs) So yeah, yeah. America tends to look favorably on hardware for whatever reason. Yeah, it's, it's I, I think you there. have to be you have to be kind of a little bit um, crazy, a little bit willing to take a big risk on hardware, yeah. uh, and also you have to have like buckets of cash. So yeah. <laughs> it doesn't happen here. But then also in the mix of this whole thing, there's this big existential question for me, which was like, you know, okay, um, Emma's now gone, right? I'm a man trying to run and operate a female oriented product business. Yep. Uh, and I had to kind of figure out, right, okay, is, is that a story I can tell myself, never mind tell other people? And I, it really wasn't like, you know, it, it, it's, it's not fair and representative for me to say and, and try to build something that is 
completely female oriented. I will never have the perspective of um, a woman in that way, especially with something that's so uh, intimate. Like, you know, one of the things that whenever we started looking into all this was that, you know, um, the almost almost all women, like almost the majority of women uh, have this overhanging fear that I talked about a little bit about earlier. And it's, it's really, really specific. It's actually specifically about being sexually assaulted. Uh, which is horrific, like when you think about it, you know, um, and, and and that's that's again from you know the media, school, all these things that we're exposed to, all these cases that come up in the news that are like really really amplified, mm-hmm. um, and looking at the hard fact numbers here, at least in the UK, I'm not sure what the cases for the rest of the world, um, the, the stats on that happening to you as you walk home are actually super super low. It's 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 mostly a domestic violence thing, uh, which is very very sad. Um, but that fear still persists in in the majority, if not all women. And it's something I've never experienced because yeah. I didn't grow up that way. I'm, you know, born male and, uh, you know, I've, I've been brought up in a, in a way that that's never been a fear for me. So um, uh, to try and tell myself that I can build that product effectively, uh, it just didn't seem right. So um, o- over the course of pro- probably about a month, uh, I worked it out in my head that, okay, now, now's the time to change and now's, now's the time to do something different and do something else so yeah it, it, it was a uh, I suppose a big mental block and, and kind of painful at the time but uh really really happy you made that decision uh it was the right decision um and it made a lot of sense so um yeah look, look looking back it's a lot less painful <laughs> a lot of introspection in that I, I I definitely hear you on the um on our unique perspective on life you know <laughs> well being white and being male right you know we don't have these things you know i got two daughters right teenagers at that and you know so i i have the perspective of that overprotective father like all right you know <laughs> you're not going anywhere <laughs> right. by yourself you're not going to do any of these things but you know that's that's a different role it's a different perspective right i'm not looking at them as individual adults making their own volitional decisions about and places they're going to go things they're going to do right i still have for lack of a better way of putting control over where they go how you know and when Right. You can't yeah. drive. So that makes it even better. Uh, <laughs> in my community I live in is not, you know, you can walk around the buildings, but you're not going to get into town kind of kind of thing from here. Right. So, and I think your perspective is also, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting because a lot of folks are unwilling to think like that. They have an idea and they just want to see it through and they're very dogmatic about that. But like you're saying there's this existential, is this the right thing for me? in my entitlement and my privilege and my space to yeah, be doing this 100%. and you're kind of loath to kind of like step back from it because it was your idea right you know it's like oh you know this is this is my thing mm. um but being able to countenance that and i think there's a lot of recognition and makes you a good feminist i suppose is the uh, a, a better way of looking <laughs> at it to a certain extent but it makes you a better human right you understand that hey maybe 100%. i don't have the right thing it doesn't mean you couldn't be involved and i think you you have that perspective as well but the other balance on that is someone else's perspective that is unique and special and is pertinent to that particular application of what you're trying to do. And, you know, and so, and, or, uh, you know, boards one, two, three, right. And the you know, implications there. And she's, she's talked a lot about this is part of that diversity of boards is getting those different perspectives, making your boy, whether it be racially diverse or culturally diverse, gender diverse, right. It's really trying to hone in on that particular perspective 
that changes the way that you kind of view these things because all those different angles on 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 life are going to get you where you need to be so definitely hear, hear you on on that perspective it's, yeah uh, it's it's so 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 important even even like silly stuff i remember when i when i first like one of my first jobs in like a I was doing some placement somewhere, an engineering place or whatever, uh, and we as interns got dumped with um, organizing the Christmas party, uh, which was great from one perspective, you know, you know, big budget to go and you know, <laughs> last little drink into everybody and have a great yeah. time and all the rest. Um, but none of us ever considered, you know, about people having kids, and it's it's such a simple thing. But you just you don't have kids, you don't think about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's the same with everything else. You don't you haven't experienced it, you don't think about it because. Because why would you? You don't know that, or it's not that you don't know that it happens, but it doesn't happen to you, so you don't consider it. You know, it's 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 a weird one. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. and, and it, it, yeah, it, the other thing was when I was going through that kind of thinking period or whatever for that month, I was doing serious amount of reading um, on, on stuff I probably should have read ages ago. Uh, like it was to the point I was coming home every day with a headache because I was literally just sitting for like ten hours straight just reading yeah. stuff. Uh, most of it like um, blog posts and stuff from like um, the YC startup school and Paul Graham stuff and all, all that mm-hmm. that interesting stuff uh, and a lot of stuff actually on founder market fit um, and if you're not well, I'm sure you probably are but maybe somebody listening isn't familiar with founder market fit but it's kind of the idea is that um, you know people have a certain fit to build a certain type of product or service for a certain market because they are probably the same as the people in that market. So you have an interest in dirt bikes. You can probably build a great dirt bike company. Uh, or, you know, you've grown up your entire life with a disability. You can probably build a service to help people with a disability or a similar disability, you know? Um, so I, looking back now, I think that's super important. I think it's it's really, really important because it does grant you that perspective um, to go and build something very specific for a certain market and also just to motivate yourself about things because you know if you're interested in something it's a lot easier to work around the clock or think about it all the time as opposed to something that maybe you're not so much so yeah i think it's super important yeah being able to being able to be passionate about what you're doing is kind of of a key part of all this stuff you know Mm -hmm. so it's kind of a a knock-on question to a lot of stuff i mean in the course of you know the year and a half that you're running stand you know you had an opportunity to look you know, get some data on community, right? And I ask everybody that comes on to talk about what community means to them. So in your own words and frame it however you wish, whether through the the lens of, you know, answer a stand, if you will, like, hey, I stand the term community, our community to be, you know, you talked a little bit about it earlier, but also through your own self, what have you discovered as part of your journey about what community actually means to you? Yeah, there's, there's probably a couple of things in here. Um, I think I think for me personally, uh, I really, really like communities, but I'm also really, really bad at them. Like, I don't think I could ever build a community. I, I, I <laughs> no chance. <laughs> I just don't have the, in person, I'm like uh, quite a, I don't know. I feel like I can get on with people quite well, but online, I just, I don't know. Like on, on forums and stuff like that, I don't get the etiquette. I don't, I don't get the whole Facebook yeah. thing. I don't, I don't know what you're supposed to do. What you're, I'm, I'm internet socially awkward or whatever you want to call it. Sure, um, sure. But I, I love being part of communities because uh, I, I feel a, a real sense of, um, I don't know, like a, a nice support system, uh, like a bit of family or whatever about them. And, and uh, a lot of this links back to the Ignite community from the, the pre-accelerator that we were on because um this year especially that's been super super important for me you know for the 
three and a half months or whatever it was that we were working from home and you know you weren't seeing anybody other than the people in your house and the four walls around you other than going to you know get your, your shopping for food or whatever you know yeah. um it was really difficult and, and you know just being able to well a at least once a week probably twice a week you know hop on zoom with like a bunch of people you know a bunch of people that you get on with really well have a similar sort of similar sort of challenges to you similar sort of interests and all the rest was really really nice and then also the fact that all those people were there you know it was so easy to just like ping somebody a message and be all like hey do you want to like you know i don't know have a cup of coffee or whatever um have a chat uh so nice i i feel like that support system this year especially has been strained but has been so important to, to so many people and I, I don't know where the hell i'd be without it yeah. <laughs> oh my god uh, it's been so good so i i i love being part of the communities i really do uh probably i'm probably over enthusiastic about it too much as well sometimes where i uh I scare people <laughs> with my uh my uh proactiveness about them but yeah then maybe that's why i'm bad at I'm building communities uh i scare people away but yeah um and then from stand perspective i suppose um the interesting thing for me about communities was actually um the difference i saw whenever 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 we started selling right so before we started selling as i said we had this kind of mixed batch of people and yeah the engagement was okay we get some people coming and some people messaging us with really really nice stuff you know saying thank you so much for building this product etc that was really nice to hear um but it was like once a month or whatever something might pick up and then whenever we started selling and i started to dive into some of the epilepsy stuff and the seizure stuff um i went online and there were a couple of facebook groups specifically uh, that were based around you know okay people of epilepsy people take seizures um sharing and supporting one another um and as a, i i use them as a research tool um <laughs> look on look on that whether you want to see it as like a bad thing or whatever a morally bad thing uh i i was totally upfront about what i was doing i was just like hey you know uh this is what i'm doing i just just want to learn a bit more about this i'm not trying to sell you anything or anything like that yeah. uh, and most people were, were really nice about that it was really scary that actually i thought i was going to get a whole of the hate mail or something you know yeah. but uh it was really interesting uh but the willingness of people to talk about this pain that they had and share the pain with each other and and support each other through that community um it was it was like day and night to what we'd seen before you know it was so so strong and even even the responses from people there because they all you know had the same thing going on that was was their problem and their thing they were all so willing to try and give to make it better for all of them uh it's really nice you know really really super nice um and it was just such a strong vibe and pull off it you know compared to what we'd seen before it was amazing incredible yeah. that's interesting i love the kind of duality there right we talked uh you know again i think through season one or whatever we want to call it we talked a lot about in community and the intentionality behind it right you're right like we can go into slack communities we can go into these things and we can we want to be ourselves right yeah we are the shining example of who we're going to be and a lot of that stuff is that, you know, you don't have a lot of that social cueing with these online communities and stuff. Like you talk to Christian and Laura, right? It's like, oh, we're building out these mentor communities. And all of a sudden it's like, wait, how am I supposed to interact with these people? Um, and they're probably the most, you know, effervescent folks I've ever met in my life. And I love them for that, right? You know, but for, you know, for us, so, you know, I'm an introvert by nature, right? You know, it's, it's not one of those things that I'm like, hey, you know, let's go and do this. 
and I'm excited about it. Uh, you know, I like managing communities from a programmatic standpoint. Like I do a lot of that <laughs> stuff. I do it for Scale Ireland, right? Um, and I do a couple of these things and try to get involved in them. But a lot of that's intentional, right? I have to, I have to get off my ass to go in there <laughs> and actually like, <laughs> I'm going to participate in this. And I'm not going to be a dick about it. I'm going to, you know. <laughs> Um, I think on the flip side, also what you what you recognize going into communities and understanding that you know not all communities are built around these pot. I won't call them positive purposes or positive ontologies, right? A lot of them are based around the needs or these kind of symptoms of situations that are happening. You know, medical disability is a huge one. Social disability as well, right? Whatever, however you kind of frame or, or you know, put this into context or whatever. And you know, yes, you were being ethical by this. <laughs> By, by really, hey, I'm using this for research and stuff. But, but I've, you know, I've had to find this in the, in the PhD stuff that I'm doing too. It's like, how do you go in and try to, I won't say use the hurt, but use the hurt to try to find something that's better, that you can do better, that you can do different. And so communities tend to kind of glom together. We see this in politics, right? The negative kind of, you know, groupings of folks. <laughs> That's, that's politics. God, how many more days do I have? I have 16 more days before the <laughs> regime changes, as it were. Um, so context clue. That's when this is being filmed. The, uh, <laughs> but a lot of that stuff, you know, comes together. And I don't think people tend to, people just don't tend to look at community as being agitated towards that. They, you know, there's a cause, there's a purpose intention, but it's, it's, good it, to see it, it's almost like, um, like startups and stuff as well. It's, it's, you know, you, you never start a, a community for the cracker for no reason you know it, it's there's a problem there there has to be a problem yeah. and the community is essentially a type of solution to that problem um you know and yeah i think you're right e even the utility based um community so like the scale ireland one um that's like totally for um supporting different startups and stuff like that and it's like a very utilitarian yeah. community but it's because there's problems there obviously like you know yeah. there's a problem in I don't know, people getting access to fundraising or access to advice or whatever it is, you know? Yeah, yeah no, it's, it's been great to kind of watch that. Yeah, it's a different type of flow, you know, and you're looking at something that's hyper-local as well. You're looking at something that's all Ireland, right? You're looking at, you know, what can we, yeah, what can we do? Like funders, access these things, help advice, webinars, you know, how can we, how can we help? And yeah, right. It's identifying those kind of problems and, and, and going through those and challenges. Thankfully, it's not answers in search of questions right you know it's just more the opposite way around so i appreciate your perspective on that and, and that's it's great for people to hear because especially as you want to go back into this right you know you you, you mentioned like hey you're 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 not sore on this idea of going out there and you know finding oh, what's yeah, next I'm so completely stuck on it <laughs> yeah so i mean what's what's going through your head about what, what some of the things that you want to do next year yeah so i spent probably um a month or five or six weeks um trying to figure out what I wanted to do. And, and what I found out is that that's a terrible thing to do. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I, I basically ended up um, trying to build a process around the best way to come up with ideas. So I, and, and I think the process actually stands. And actually as an exercise, it's a really good thing to do to get the cogs turned in your head. So yeah. I was like, you know, looking at all the different ways you could possibly do this. And I was like, right, okay, best thing to do is start with a market find a market that I've found a market fit for. Because then everything I come up with, find a market fits in there, right? Find a problem that that market has, go and talk to a bunch of people and then build a solution, which is the basic principle of it. Um, and I was like, right, okay, I'll come up with like, you know, 40 different things and I'll just start killing them all as quickly as possible. The minute there's a road bump um, and cutting them down until I have like three that are like, I just can't kill them because they're completely bulletproof. Yeah. Um, and I started doing that and it was interesting. Um, one of the things is that 
probably you know 48 years is a lot to try and <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to try yeah. and kill and test and stuff like that you know like two or three is maybe probably more manageable at a time um which is interesting but also uh the quality of stuff i was coming up with was generally pretty poor uh because i was kind of forcing the process a little bit um whereas whenever i stopped um there's this there's this thing, uh, somebody explained it to me recently, and there was a really nice word for it that I can't remember, but basically um, the way it was explained to me years ago was that you should stop thinking so hard. So whenever you think really, really hard about something, um, you generally get tunneled into a, a zone or type of thinking. Whereas when you forget about it for a little while, it kind of sits in the back of your brain and, and ticks over there without you consciously thinking about it. And then when you come back to it or when something triggers a thought, uh, all of a sudden you make a connection and it's like, oh, wow, this could like, you know, go there. Uh, and I found that those ideas that have come up since then have been far superior than anything I came up before, with before. Um, and also I stopped writing stuff down because uh, the really good ones just naturally keep coming back to your brain. You, yeah. you can't ignore them um, as opposed to writing them down. But that being said, uh, I think it's something that's, probably going to take a while for me to figure out what i want to do next it's like a six month or yearly thing to try and really find something that's probably super super painful um and in the meantime uh i have got something new that i'm working on uh don't want to, well i suppose when this is that when's this out again this will be out um a little while, more yeah. specific days but probably mid to late february is where i'm where i'm aiming at this point yeah i'll, I'll, I'll not get super specific about it yeah that's fine but I, I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of go and work with one of the one of the startups that was um, on the pre-accelerator with us um, nice. from Ignite, which is is super super nice, you know, because like again that that community has just been so so important, you know. The people, it, the more I go on, the more I realize it's it's about the people you meet um, and yeah. and you know the connections with them. Uh, like it doesn't really matter what you're doing; it's kind of who you're doing it with because you know you can. Have the best idea in the world and you know the worst team in the world or you can have the, the worst team in, or the worst idea in the world and the best team in the world it's, it's yeah. kind of a balance between those things so um i i feel like the people that you're there with are um are super super important and that group's just been just been amazing so i'm, I'm really happy to uh be staying in it and to, to be stuck in it with uh somebody who actually i knew probably a, a long time before uh, the program has been kind of gone through all of the different little things like uh whenever whenever we first started we were on this program called venture for success which was it was kind of mad to be honest but you got some like it's not even that great but at the time it seemed good <laughs> free yeah. consultancy work <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which yeah. was basically just just labor hours for people to do things for you which was okay it helped yeah. a little bit it wasn't really worth it looking back uh, and then we were on um a different uh accelerator type thing that gave us some free workspace together and then we were on propel together so it's kind of nice that that you know relationship has kind of seen its way through to this point where i'm going to go now uh, work with them for a while so sure. um yeah that, that, that's something i'm super excited for in, in, in the new year now um because it's, it's it's a new challenge that i really know has legs and i know the founder has great founder market fit and um they're going to do great things so i'm i'm super excited to be a part of that journey uh for a while, if not for longer, you know, uh, sure. God knows what way things can go. It's <laughs> <laughs> the story. I, I always tell people the story I, I tell them will be completely different in two weeks time because the things just change so much, you know, yeah. um, it's impossible to predict. World's changing every day, man. I mean, it's, uh, 
Yeah, the calendar c- c- clicks over. Geopolitical things happen, right? We all have that thing. COVID. <laughs> COVID, Brexit, I mean, you know, yeah. all these things that kind of come in into play, right? And it, it's changed, you know? You know, I, I appreciate your agility on this stuff and also the willingness to help, you know, jump back in. I, I was impressed by the cohort and, you know, that I got to talk to all, all, like, again, I think I've gone through almost every single person and then talked to them at least, <laughs> at least once and a couple I've missed, right? Dustin, you know, Dustin comes, comes to mind, right? Like his, his perspective on things is, is incredible. You know, there's. Oh, Austin. Oh, Austin. Sorry. Austin, Dustin. I knew there was a Sten in there somewhere, but you know. Like, <laughs> <laughs> pretty close, pretty close. Yeah, yeah. But like, you know, like you were saying, like somebody that's going in there and trying to answer a need because he's a part of that community and whatever, but a lot of incredible, incredible folks. Same thing with Alistair's, yeah. you know, Starticus and, and the folks that came out of that, you know, looking at some of the things he's done through, through that group, but. No, I think it's it's awesome that you're able to go back in and you know provide help. I mean, you have skills and abilities, man. You got you got the you got that marketing brain. You got that, that recognition <laughs> of those type of things. I mean, again, it's not it's only a failure if you never try. So your exactly, ability to yeah. kind of provide perspective to something that is ongoing, you know, is going to be completely valuable and worthwhile. You know, hopefully. Yeah, for sure. The 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 the, the marketing brain you mentioned there is pretty interesting. I, I think that's a really really good way of putting it. Uh, because yeah, over, over the last. Like, I don't know. I, I started off, I suppose, kind of coming from a bit of a salesy background. I've had my family sold cars all my life. Yeah. I've been kind of, kind of around that and involved in that. But I've always been like, not super technical, but I've always been more like maths inclined. Like I did an engineering-based degree and, and design-based degree and stuff like that, you know. Yeah. Um, and I was never really deep into like looking into marketing and stuff. But like the last year and a half, I've just got so, so big into it. And it, it, is, it is like a, a whole mindset and actually it's really funny i think because there are so many links back to the uh the scientific part of my brain like it's just it's like marketing's just a big test everything is a test (laughs) (laughs) everything's a test you know what i mean but at the same time it's so emotional and there's so much psychology behind it and stuff like that you know it's it's a a really unique field to be in there's there's such a a mixture of um skills and, and, and ways of thinking that you need uh involvement you know and you really need to zoom out and zoom in all the time you know yeah. funny definitely yeah i the irony of all this is you know i'm in a marketing group inside of inside of my day job right you know so you sit there and work a lot on the messaging well you know i work specifically on market messaging right but a lot of that comes down to you and you know again that's why it's always fascinating to talk to, to all, all you folks because your perspective on how you talk to people about what you do i mean that's marketing and it's right. You're talking about your parents being, you know, your family being involved in car, car um, selling cars, and you know, a lot of that is. How do you have? It's it's conversations first. So a sale never is a hard press, right? Yes, there may be the the the, the tokenized version of the car salesman, used car salesman specifically, right? If you want to buy this, oh, car, yeah. right? But oh a lot of God. these things so, come from. Yeah, I have to I have to tell people all the time, like, please, please don't judge me. That's not the way it works. It's not like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you put sawdust in the gears. Don't worry, you know. It's like, yeah. you know transmission's not filled with you know motor oil. Not not if we like, you know. Yeah. Yeah. No. Exactly. <laughs> don't worry, your car won't be set on fire. You know, within within hours of buying it. Uh, but like a lot of that just does come down to these type of things, right? It's conversations. It's, it's, it's really kind of what's between the lines. You know, a lot of it, all the stuff we do in print is what we do in print, right? I can go in an airport. I can see things from my company and I can say, Hey, that's great. Looks nice. looks pretty. Really nothing gets sold 
by an airport billboard. It doesn't. Mm-hmm. But, you know, kind of, kind of similar to what you were saying about that kind of background processing, you know, how I do things in a lazy kind of asynchronous way with the ideas. It's something that sits in there and percolates. So there's the idea that these things persist. It's the idea that these things are kind of lodged in there. I saw this and I saw this, this image, this identification, and this has some, some level of permanence to me, right? Yeah. Um, you know, how I turn that back around, you know, these interesting conversations lead to, you know, hopefully a sale or purchase or at some point along the way. Yeah. That's a lot it's, of it. It's, it's super interesting when you talk about that path. I've always, I've always been really interested in um, funnels and funnels from the perspective that, okay, somebody might, you know, see a billboard, as you say, and then, oh, the next day they click on a Facebook ad and it brings them to a landing page and, oh, okay, they might do something, they might not do something, then they search for your company online or they go on through your Instagram profile. All these different ways that people can discover and start to learn about your business and go through, like Google has their like four steps and all the rest things sure. um, that, for um, the moment of, I don't know, whatever you call it. You call it. But yeah. uh, they've always really interested me. And, and I think at the start, I tried to kind of like um, gamify them or whatever. And like... A, yeah, you get into a whole conversation about how like traditional education starts to you know gear us towards gamifying everything and trying to cheat systems and, and yeah. look for quick yeah. fixes. But yeah, that's a whole other thing. But um, at the start, I tried to try to like gamify the phones and all the rest. But to me, at least, the, the more I do it, the more I realize that you know it's really not that simple at all. Like it, it's it's so much more complex. There, there's so many different routes people can take and so many different lines of thinking they can go down. Uh, it's just it's unbelievable like you know uh, but but I suppose there probably are ways you can crack that um, and, and the real value is in finding those ways that you can kind of crack that system a little bit yeah gotta get to the human element at some point right and again humans are oh, the ones sure. that play, make the decisions on how these things go and so a lot of it comes down to how you connect talk about this in my PhD program right? you, how you connect your head to your heart right? That's how you align people. It's how you align these ideas. It's how you always come back to it. We call it plumb line, right? Out of construction. But like, it's how you align people to those, those ideals. And people are willing to buy based on that stuff, right? Again, as you saw through, through your community split, you know, the people that were going to do this, these were people that had concerns that they were aligned head to heart. It may not be, you know, again, it's traumatic for them it's but it was something that answered it lined up with that perspective and that's where they went hyper focused hyper local hyper whatever word you choose to use and then the medical disability side as well you know kind of lined up against that but it was it was it was there it was you know, kind of in perspective alignment it's always trying to get the fringes of everything that you do right how do i get those <laughs> How do I get the non-outliers or how do I get, you know, some of the, get that center point where it's, they could go in anyway, it could fall off on one side, it could fall on the other, they don't need it, but they want it, right? Mm-hmm. It's, um, it's hard, but I appreciate your time this morning, Ben, and it's, it's always great to have these conversations, and I, you know, I think it's, uh, it's awesome that you've gone through this introspection process, right? You come out the other side, you still have a smile on your face, which is always a good sign. <laughs> And uh, you got something else lined up, but you, you haven't given up the passion for for doing incredible things. So, you know, from me to you and what little comfort this is, we're going to stay in touch. And I, I look forward to seeing what else you're going to do. And, you know, by any far, for all intents and purposes, you know, feel free to knock on my door for anything that I can possibly help you with there as well. So 100%. I appreciate it. And, and, and likewise, I, I don't know. I don't know if I'm in the position to help you at the minute, but if yeah. I have it's, it's it's always door open, you know. 
Uh, I, I love that about um, all this stuff in this community. There is a real willingness of everybody to help each other because I suppose everybody knows how crap things are <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> so, yeah. No, th th thanks for having me on, Dave. I, I, I had good fun. It's an interesting chat this morning, uh, especially about the coffee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, we're going to have a... I think we're going to do at some point, and Alex exploded this idea, but we're going to do like a virtual tasting stuff. So I'll get you, get you, give you a heads up when that shows around. I get a collection yeah. of folks and, you know, no, we have a couple of roasteries down in, uh, down in Ireland, right. That are, you know, willing to will seem to be willing to kind of jump on that as well. So maybe we can, we can float some good product out to, to some folks. Did a little wine one with the, uh, the uh, tasting tour guys from Propel oh, yeah, yeah. a while ago and it was amazing it was so good yeah. so nice <laughs> well they're on my list of people. yeah I've, I've i've talked with them a couple of times now in the past few months yeah their their pivot's been been interesting to see what they've done with that but yeah it's, it's phenomenal anyway appreciate your time this morning and uh when this goes out i will make as much noise about it as possible for you <laughs> so. i like what <laughs>